As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Michael, as we know, being an entrepreneur, product person, there are ups and there are downs. Yes, that's very true. I'm sure it's true in any field, but yeah, being a product person, especially being an entrepreneur, can often feel like a roller coaster. Yes, you get those highs, but the lows can be pretty low. In today's confessions, they're more about that dip that we might feel. Okay, well... You know, we all have that sometimes. Yes. And you know what? For every dip, there could be a giant hill the next day. So you always want to hang in there. But for today, we're going to get real and share two confessions that aren't necessarily all rainbows and unicorns. All right. Well, let's get into it. I'm ready. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So 
no rainbows and unicorns today, eh? Not today, not today, but that's okay. You know, it's not always rainbows and unicorns when you're a product person or an entrepreneur, and I think it's okay to get real, and, well, that's what the people making these confessions today are doing, getting real. Well, we certainly appreciate them getting real with us here, and there's somebody else joining us today that'll be getting real with us as well. Isn't that right? Yes. Our guest for today is Lloyd Lobo. Now, Lloyd's the co-founder and president of Boast.ai. It's a company that's raised over $100 million in capital and exists to help startups find free money from the government specifically in the process of claiming R&D tax credits, actually. Well, it sounds like things are up for Lloyd. Is he really the best person for this episode? Michael, any entrepreneur that's felt the ups has also felt the downs, so (laughs) I think he'll be the perfect guest. Okay, well, I'm definitely excited to dig into these confessions with Lloyd. Let's get right to it. Let's dive into our first confession, the one we're calling, My friends think I'm a millionaire, but I'm actually struggling. Here's a confession that I'd never want published if it was associated with my name, but since this is anonymous and all, my friends legit think I'm a millionaire, when in reality, I'm sure I'm struggling the most financially out of all of us. I'm the CEO of a young startup company that recently raised $1 million in funding. We've been getting some press lately, and I definitely do try to spread the word on that through social media, as I'll do pretty much anything I can to build awareness for my startup. But I've started to see my friends treat me differently. They're using nicknames like Big Baller and Money for me now. The last time I met up with them for patio peers, one of them was quick to push the bill my way for the tab since I'm in the money now. I've tried telling them that yes, my startup recently closed a million dollar seed round, but that's not my money. But they really don't want to hear it. What I didn't tell them was that I'm taking about $30,000 a year as a salary and have less than $1,000 of savings in my bank account. I'm struggling, like really struggling. I'm optimistic that my startup can keep rolling and hopefully I can pay myself a market salary before too long. But right now, I'm the least paid employee in my small company and I'm living small paycheck to small paycheck. I definitely feel for this founder and, and have been there, right? Like raising money from investors, but taking a very low salary. Anyway, let's see if Lloyd can relate to this one too. Being on this facade or trying to show that you're loaded or, or just be, just trying to keep up with what other people think of you or Joneses or whatever you want to call it um, is something that uh, you should put a stop to, right? Like I would just tell my friends and I think there's great I, I, there's something to say about owning it, right? Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a founder. We've not hit product market fit, or I'm a founder. I just have a million in the bank. I gotta feed everyone before I get paid because you know the mother eats last, and that's what a founder is in a startup, right? And that's what we did. We, you know, we've made a commitment at Boast that we do an annual offsite. We take the whole company somewhere exotic every year to celebrate. Cabo, Costa Rica, Hawaii. We've done it all over the years. And the second thing is uh, we do a conference in in August in Vancouver, Traction. We partner with our friends at Launch Academy, which is the nonprofit. And we said always that we'll donate those profits and we'll do the trip. There were years where we took no money and we still did those things, mm-hmm. right? And so you got to own it. I love that because also it's like they're this person that made the confession, they're talking about these are their closest friends. It sounds yeah. like they haven't really opened up with their friends about like, yeah, I'm raising this money, but this 
this doesn't mean we've made it. This does, you know, I'm still hurting. It almost yeah. seems like maybe their pride is getting in the way of sharing that. But I think their friends probably would love to hear that. Like they could obviously be a lot closer with them if if they just opened up. And that that's kind of what I took out of what you just said, which I think is great. I think I think the most important thing is to own up to your friends. That's the that's the that's the most most important thing because you know we raise this money. And all my friends think I'm loaded too. They're like, oh, you know, we should go here. We should go there. We should go on a vacation, yada, 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 right? And uh, you guys should cover the trip. And I'm like, guys, right? Like I gave up equity in my company so I can fund operations. We're, we got to eight figures with sub 30 people, with 30-ish people. Like, you know, me and my co-founder are doing 10 jobs. It's so that we can do things efficiently. When you do 10 things, you don't do it really well. And this money is to fund the growth of the company. It's not to fund my wallet to do like right. uh, trips and everything. And I, and, I, and I said to them, I'm like, it's the first time where I'm on an employment contract and I feel like I'm getting paid market rate, close to market rate, right? It's right. the first time in my life, like literally life meaning since we started the company, it's the first time I'm getting market rate. Like... You know, so, you know, we, we, we may exit and then I'll be massively loaded. Hopefully that's the hope <laughs> that money takes me to. But right sure. now, if, if if this money runs out or, or shit hits the fan, I'm the last to get paid. My co-founder is the last to get paid. So I think you have to own it. Own the misery and own the success. And the, the other thing is misery loves company. Those guys are, they think you're loaded because they're not. Right. If you mm. cry your sob story, the misery loves company. So they'll yeah. they'll resonate out. They're like, God, oh, these guys, Silicon Valley is all BS. They'll they'll probably start like ranting like that, right? Like all this sort of fundraise and the startup land. The, like you know, there's real people with real problems within it. It's just a job at the end of the day. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Okay, before the break, we started off with a great confession, one that I think a lot of very early stage entrepreneurs may be able to relate to. This one, well, it's probably another COVID special, so to speak. How so? Well, we may have heard some confessions like this prior to COVID, but I don't think we would have had nearly as many as we did. This confession, this is actually just one example of some similar ones we continue to receive. So let's just roll with this one. This confession is titled, I really need to get away from my family. Uh-oh. It's been over a year since my company went all remote due to COVID-19. The exact same day that my wife's company went all remote and the school that my two young kids both go to went all remote. Needless to say, that week was certainly an adjustment for us all. Fast forward to now, and my wife and I continue to work fully remote from home. The school that our kids go to is now in a hybrid model, meaning that they're in person two days a week and learn remotely for the other three days. Here's my confession. This remote work life is really not for me. In fact, I can't wait to get back to the office. 
Every day is a struggle, with my wife and I trying to zoom over each other in our cramped apartment, while in between the endless meetings that we're both enduring, one of us is trying to assist our kids with their remote learning, or referee the inevitable fights that they get into with each other out of what seems to be pure boredom. In the beginning of the pandemic, being surrounded by my family throughout the day felt comforting, but now I feel like I need a personal vacation. Don't get me wrong, I love my family very much. But when I'm Zooming with coworkers who talk about this enlightenment they've had about working remote this past year, well, I can always instantly tell that they don't have school-aged children living with them. So, yes, I really need a getaway for just me. This is very similar to a confession we recently had, talking about needing a work vacation. It's a little different, but... I don't know, it's it's along the same lines. Yeah, and, and again, I can relate to this one a little bit, but let's see what Lloyd has to say. I think this getaway thing is real. So what happened was uh, my wife wanted to take the kids skiing, and like she's vaccinated, kids are fine, I got COVID, and I, didn't, I really didn't want to go. And I hate skiing, I, I hate winter sports, but I'll do it for the kids. But also, uh, you know, I'm not up for it after COVID, right? Like... So she said, come around, you can you can be around, uh, you know, just hang out. I'm like, you know what? I need the time. I want to just chill and be on my own without anyone around. And, and you probably need the time too. So why don't you just go? And she went for a week. She went skiing uh, and took the kids and she had a good time and she came back. So I think it's it's important for couples to take time away from each other. But what's most important is for couples to have a conversation, an honest, open conversation. Right. Like what you're feeling. You can't just be bottled up because what happens when you bottled up is one day you blow up Mm. when you can't hold those emotions. Right. What I'm seeing this person is there's all the stress. They're living in an apartment uh, and I have relatives and really good friends that are going through this. Um, I think if you need a personal vacation, the way I would do this is have a conversation with your spouse and be like, listen, I need the time off. I'm going through the stress. Go somewhere and then say, you know what? How about this? Because there's all this concept of reciprocity always works. How about this? Honey, why don't you take the next four days off, five days off and go somewhere with your friends or do something and I'll take care of the kids. Mm-hmm. And then you've given and then you have the opportunity to get. Yeah. No, I, lo- I, I love the idea. And I I can uh, – so I, I relate to what the person making the confession says and what you said because when COVID started March through May – that this confession was my house, right? Like we, my wife was working remote. She never, like I've, I've worked remote the last few years, but my way of working remote was being in a calm environment. There's quiet the whole time, you know, that we're a fully remote um, company. So like I had my space, I knew how to work. Then I go from that to my wife being around and, and doing conference calls all day and not using AirPods. So I'm hearing it, you know, we're basically, I was doing this exact thing and our kids were home. Um, and it was hard, but in the summertime is when we started to, to basically have some help. We hired, um, basically a nanny to come over a few, few days a week. And the way way I looked at it was like, all right, look, we're, let's do this for a year and let's just pretend our radiator went out. Like if our radiator went out, we'd have to pay for the expense. There'd be no avoiding it. So this I think is a radiator situation. Let's, let's like, yes, it's a lot of money, but let's figure out a way to do it. And not everybody has that chance. Um, so I'm grateful that we did, but you know, whether the getaway is four days 
or whether it's one day last week, I, I just locally got an Airbnb that was a right on Lake Erie just for myself. My wife tomorrow is doing a spa day just for herself. So like you could do it even in, in just one day or, um, find, find those things that are, you know, an hour or two to yourself. Like I like scary movies. So like once a week, I watch a scary movie by myself. My wife does not like them. Um, or, you know, we just going out to, to the front porch, like for, for an hour, like reading a book, my wife will do that often. Like find those ways to sort of have your, your alone time, even if it's not being able to get away. Like, I think we all can try to find that one hour, two hours to ourselves at least couple times a week. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, that was kind of what was going through my mind too. There's some truth to that, right? So sometimes what you don't do is more important than what you do. And, mm. and prioritization is very important. And most families and friends that I talk to, including my sister, um, is like, you know, they're, they're in these situations because of COVID couples in technology, working remote from home, kids, uh, it's tough. If you and your spouse are in each other's hairs all the time, you guys are going to get divorced and there's no way around it. Like, I mean, there's a leading indicator and lagging indicator. I said like, you know, the lagging indicator is okay. We get separated, but the leading indicator is you're fighting every day. But what happens before you fight every day? You're like working at home and each other's crosshairs, everything compounds, right? Like a little worse every day could blow up at the end. Like a little better, better every day could also blow up. So I would prioritize your expenses and figure out what is the one thing that you could invest in. And I say invest, it's not an expense. What is the one thing you could invest in for the peace of your marriage? And I think you did the right thing and that is something everyone needs to hear. Um, I would never understand it. Like I complained for, for years, like why are we paying for this, it's expensive. And my wife's like, you realize nobody bothers you. You work mm. crazy hours as a founder. You do all sorts of things. You're probably, she's like, do you realize how that is happening while keeping our marriage alive? It's mm. because we have help. We'll be right back after a quick break. Okay, well, we said that today's confessions might be touching the dip of being an entrepreneur and product person more so than the spike, but I do think there's a lot of positive takeaways we can get out of these confessions, things that can actually help us be better product people or even just better people in general. Yeah, I totally agree. And if you don't mind, um, I know we finish each episode with one big takeaway from each of us, and I thought I'd start right here. Um, I'm actually going to go back to that first confession, the my friends think I'm a millionaire, uh, that that confession. <laughs> Just about 10 years ago, I started a company called eFuneral, and we raised close to a million dollars in startup capital, yet my founder and I, we paid ourselves less than most of the six employees we had at our peak. We both had new babies in our families. We both left very well-paying jobs, and even though things were going okay, things really weren't that good. I mean, speaking for myself, I could say most of the couple of years that we had at that company, it was a struggle, both in the business, but also personally. I mean, I'm, I'm sharing all this because the takeaway for me is to keep in mind that startups we read about, they're separate from the people running them. I mean, we might read about some company raising a million dollars or heck these days, even like $10 million, you know, just to get started. And, and we could assume that the founders are doing really well and they're financially set, but many times it's just not true. So try not to make those assumptions. If you have friends who are those founders, don't stop checking in with them to make sure all is okay. Even if they just announce some big fundraise or close some big deal, they still very well may need your emotional support. So just 
be there for them. It's a great one to start. And to finish things off, well, let's go with that last confession. I really need to get away from my family. My, my takeaway here is that people should try to find time for themselves. And along those lines, I'd say this confession should be another reminder that you need to take care of yourself. Self-care is important. We probably all get out of the habit of integrating self-care into our routines. But if that's true, it's time to get back, right? Get back to it. So whatever that is for you, meditation, regular workouts, reading, picking up that hobby that you let go find something for yourself. We all deserve that self-care, especially with what we've all been through over the last year and a half or so. In my opinion, that's not a nice to have, it's a must have. So I know this may be difficult to find the time, but find a way. I don't think you regret doing so. Yeah, great takeaway there, Michael. And well, that's going to wrap up this episode. So we hope you enjoyed today's confessions. Uh, if you're just joining the season, by the way, you should go back and start at episode one of this new season on Workplace Confessionals. There's a lot to go through. For Mike Belsito, I'm Michael Saka. This is Rocketship.fm. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.